NBA DFS. NBA Daily Fantasy Sports. It literally makes you want to go crazy some nights. And tonight's just one of those nights where I just want to pull my hair out. I am so incredibly tilted. So incredibly mad. It's just like, I just like see the events that occur tonight. You can't make it up. You cannot make it up. Oh. And I still had a good day, too. Like, we're going to recap everything. And my two prize picks plays in YouTube. Uh, cashed almost 3x night day in the early slate, but the Hernan Gomez fish. The Hernan Gomez fish. Let's ready for story time, guys. Here's story time. I played Guillermo Hernan Gomez a week ago. Same exact spot. Half the team out. I play him. Low ownership. He was like mid price. Well, yeah, if he touches the court, I'm gonna, he's going to have a good game. DNP. They run an eight-man rotation, and Hernan Gomez does not play with half the team out. So, going into tonight, everyone, including myself, I thought Hernan Gomez was going to start. Like, I had Hernan Gomez in my lineup. Everyone thought he was going to start. He was massive chalk across the industry. And then he doesn't start. They surprisingly go with Larry Nance. So, factoring in ownership, and factoring in DNP risk, he was by far the worst play at the slate. And there, Jesse tweeted about this too. <laughs> this made me laugh. He said he became a mouth breather today and forgot to take out Hernan Gomez because he got caught, caught up doing other stuff. And this is what I'm talking about, right? This is what a lot of the fish will do. They fall asleep at the wheel, okay? They fall asleep at the wheel. Jesse admitted it. Jeremy even admitted it. Two guys, two super, super sharp players. They forgot uh, to pivot off. And that's just how I guess you have to win in NBA DFS nowadays. Just, just go to bed at lock. Don't swap. Just put your phone away and enjoy the night, and you'll win all the money. A 50-bomb, though? Like a 20-20 game and a 50-bomb. How do they know? How do they know? That the Kings game, like a one-point spread, that's a blowout for the Hernan Gomez slaps. A 50-bomb. I play at no ownership a week ago, same exact spot, DNP. I pivot off. I make the sharp pivot to Christian Brown. Christian Brown is a good game. Doesn't matter. 50-bomb for Hernan Gomez. And here's the thing, too. So we'll go over my main slate lineup. Where is... This is my main slate lineup, Okay. Tyus Jones, Ant, MPJ, Najee. Of course, I stack the late games. Both games, massive blowouts. Unreal. CJ played like two first half minutes. That was just incredible. Oh, my gosh. So, so incredibly tilting. But, okay, so this the funny part was, if I would have just kept Hernan Gomez, I would have cashed. Where was the lineup? Um, he had the exact same lineup as me, which I originally had, but I swapped to Brown. Uh, yeah, this. this. This was my exact lineup. Tyus Jones... Bruce Brown, MPJ, Najee, Hernan Gomez, CJ, Edwards, Sabonis. And I pivoted to Christian Brown. 
and I get punished for it. And I think Christian Brown had a good game. He went for almost 30. Would have done even better if the game didn't randomly blow out a 50 bomb for Hernan Gomez. And I will admit, too, where's my late slate? I forgot to swap off him on my late slate because obviously I, I had more money on the main slate. I had to you know, prioritize switching stuff around there and then answer questions in the Discord. I completely forgot about my late slate lineup. So even though I forgot to swap off him in the late slate, he was definitely the worst play of the slate. And he went for 50 fancy points. So that's what I'm talking about. It's that concept of like ownership determines whether or not a play is good or not at lock. Like, Hernan Gomez going for 50 is irrelevant because there were still, like, I didn't I didn't think the DNP risk was massive, right? But there was still, like, there was that chance that he was not going to play. Um, they could have just went to Jackson Hayes as the backup five. That's what they did a week ago when I played Hernan Gomez. He, he DNP'd. Um, so, uh, yeah, just... And again, it's the 50 bomb, like a 50 bomb. Just to punish. Oh my gosh, man. Oh, I am so mad. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Going over some other stuff, I took Kyle Anderson over um, four and a half rebounds. Uh, injured. Had three re- rebounds at half. Limited minutes in the first half. Injured. Took CJ McCollum over fancy points. Played five first half minutes with the team to himself. Five first half minutes for CJ. Team to himself. Of blowout to bail out the faders. Did hit both plays in the YouTube video uh, on prize picks with um, Halliburton and with uh, Mason Plumley, but oh, Hernan Gomez thing tonight, man. Again, I will admit, I forgot to late swap, and that's what you just have to do nowadays to win an NBA DFS. Put your phone away at lock, don't make any sharp pivots, just play the bad plays and you win. It's unreal. Here was an early slate. Early slate was a really good day. Uh, could have been better, but for some reason, the Cavs starters were in the game up by 30 for most of the fourth. I'm think I stacked the first game, and the, the, the Cleveland game was a massive blowout. Why were the Cavs starters in a back-to-back? They played until the two-minute mark. Can someone explain that to me? Someone. I would have won even more on this early slate. Because, uh, again, I full-stacked the Magic Hornets game um, with Chetty as my bring-back in the, in the late game. And the starters played until the two-minute mark. Oh, so mad. So it was, still, it was a profitable day for me overall in DFS. Um, and then I did tweet this out as well last night. So I even mentioned in my video last night how I thought we would get some Denver guys resting. And uh, even one of the Denver beat writers said he wouldn't be surprised if multiple uh, starters set out. So I posted this on Twitter and in the Discord. Um, got, got Minnesota Moneyline at plus 102. And um, someone asked for the ticket. Here is the ticket. Um, plus 102. I threw like 125 bucks on it. Uh, walked away with uh, about 255. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not every day that you get uh, edges like that, but. It's, it's actually pretty rare. Um, but again, I, I didn't think Ingram was going to play. He sat out, right? I didn't think some of the Denver guys would play. They just sat everyone. So you can, like in the betting market, take advantage of stuff like that. If, if there's like a hunch or if there's a beat writer that like, you know, a little bit iffy if guys are going to play the next day, like you can take big advantage of that. Again, I, Minnesota, I got them at plus money. So 
Um, overall, it was a profitable day, but I am just the Hernan Gomez thing, man. Like I said, I want to pull my hair out. I am so mad. Just win an NBA DFS. Just put your phone away. Do other stuff and don't pivot. Oh, man. Ooh, what a game we play, guys. NBA DFS. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about this eight-game slate. So we'll start off with the Cleveland side. I like a lot of the main Cavs here. Oh, really quick, um, prize picks, guys. They are the sponsor of the video. Again, keep an eye out for future content from me. Um, but uh, player prop site, you can use the code DKDFS. 100% match up to $100. It's $300 to play with on the site. Link down below. And if you're looking for more in-depth content, my Patreon is also linked there. But back to Cleveland. So, I mean, Mitchell, Garland, Mobley, and Allen are all pretty solid plays here in a good matchup. Mitchell's been kind of quiet of late. He got the game where he got ejected. The game tonight, he didn't have the best game, but reasonable price point for him. Garland got a bit of foul trouble, but he's at a fair price. I like the front court with Mobley and Allen. So, like, the main four guys, I think, look pretty good. And then if Lavert is out, uh, I have interest in Rubio and Chetty. Now, I'm not sure if Rubio will play on a back-to-back. He didn't play in the last back-to-back, so he might sit. And if that's the case, if Levert's out and Rubio sits, then I think you get a good amount of run for Chetty Osman. So um, he would somewhat, he, he is someone that if both Levert and Rubio are out, I like him a good amount for value. Uh, Coro had a really big game last game. I would rather play Chetty in that scenario, though, if Levert and Rubio are both out. You'll get some run for Dean Wade. He's kind of just over, uh, surpassed uh, Kevin Love in the rotation, so he's playable at 3.2 as well. On the Washington side, so... Kuzma's out. Brad Beal is questionable. If Beal's out, I mean, Porzingis is a solid GBP play just because it's like team to himself, right? But it's a really bad matchup against this Cleveland front court. So that is the downside. If Beal's out, then this group of guards like Morris and DeLon Wright and Kendrick Nunn all look a bit better. Kisper would most likely start in that scenario. Probably play a lot. Probably not do a lot with the minutes, but he's got the shooting guards, small forward eligibility, so he's a fair value play. And then Danny Advia would probably be, you know, the second guy uh, offensively. He's He's been playing well of late outside of the one game he shot 0 of 8. Um, he would be playable. Gafford would be fine. But it would be, again, Porzingis at the top and then some of these cheap guards if Brad Beal is out too. Boston and Detroit. So a little bit of blow risk here. Uh, Detroit's awful. Boston's a really solid team. Still no Marcus Smart. Tatum, Brown. You want to play either? Fine. Be my guest. They both feel priced about right. Brogdon, Derek White, you know, do look a little bit better smart out. Brogdon's minutes have been down a bit of late, though. Like, if he plays well, they can play in mid-30s minutes. Like, we saw that stretch of four straight games where he's playing, like, mid-30s minutes. But last couple games, only 22 minutes. That's a bit concerning, especially for a guy at his price point. Derek White has played over 30 minutes last few games. Um, they're both fine. Robert Williams, Al Horford are both playable. Robert Williams hasn't been the best point per minute uh, this year. Like, he's he was much more productive as far as point per minute last year goes. And then, yeah, that's kind of it. So Boston, pretty boring team to talk about. On the Detroit side, not a ton here. I will say if Isaiah Stewart's out, then Duran looks a little bit better at 5-1. Um, you know, the positive with some of these young Pistons, too, is even if they get blown out, like, they can close games. Like, you had the one game where Duran was giga chalk, like, two, three weeks ago, and he wasn't doing much, and then just closed in a blowout and absolutely smashed. That put me on full tilt mode. If you think the game stays competitive, you can take a shot on Bogdanovich or Sneak Bay. Uh, Burks most likely continues to start, but... There's not much here on the Detroit side I love. Clippers and Nets. So I finally fade Paul George. I finally don't take his over PRA, and he absolutely smashes. 
It's just so, so typical. Kawhi and Paul George are both fair spend-ups. Neither of those guys are priorities. Powell and Zubac are playable in tournaments. Morris feels priced about right. You want to take a shot on a 3.8K Reggie Jackson, that's fine. Um, minutes, only played 14 last game, but he can play more. Like he's played 20-plus previous to that, so playable in GPPs. On the Brooklyn side, so this is this is where things can get really interesting, obviously. I retraded, KD out, Seth Curry out, Warren's back. We don't know the status of Ben Simmons. So if Ben Simmons is in, I think the starting lineup would be Edmund Sumner, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton. Um, you saw an absolutely just massive game from both Cam Thomas and Sumner last game. I think both went for like 50 or 40 for Sumner. And Cam Thomas went for like 50, almost 60. So, um, yeah, that was wild. But Claxton at 7-9 still has a ceiling. Does look a little better, obviously, with Katie and Kyrie out. If Ben Simmons plays and there's no limitations on him, then I like him. But he has been out for a little over a week now. So that, like, there could be some sort of limit on him. Royce O'Neal, pretty safe. Should play around 30 minutes. He's viable. Um but yeah, I think like Cam Thomas and Edmund Sumner intrigue me. I want to see what the starting lineup is, though. Like if Cam Thomas starts, then I think he's viable. But we can't expect last game, right? 44 points, five, five boards, five assists. It's like the Summer League, right? When you guys played Summer League DFS, we just jammed Cam Thomas every day. But we can't expect that type of performance again. But yeah, Sumner and Cam Thomas would both be solid values there. Joe Harris has been not great of late. Also, his minutes have not been great, even while starting. I think TJ Warren kind of intrigues me. I assume he would come off the bench also want to keep an eye on if he's on some sort of a limit. So it's kind of like this team's tricky. Dayron Sharp picked up five fouls in nine minutes last game, but he's had a couple big games. He's a good point per minute guy. He'll play the backup five most likely. So he also like is viable in tournaments. Patty Mills played 30 minutes last game. He's in play. Yuta Gotenabe uh, should see around 20-ish minutes. So this Nets team is tricky. Like trying to figure out what this rotation is going to look like is tough. It is really tough. So I want to see what ownership comes in on them tomorrow. Like, for example, if a lot of the field is just going to focus in on like one play, then I would be willing to fade. So I have very little confidence in how this Nets rotation is going to work out. So like, for example, let's say tomorrow everyone just plays Cam Thomas and he comes off the bench or something. Like I would be willing to fade if he's going to be popular and comes off the bench. So a lot of it's going to come down to ownership for me for Brooklyn tomorrow with, with some of these value plays. All right, San Antonio and Chicago. Also, I'm not excited to talk about this. Vassell out, Sohan out. You got Keldon and Trey Jones, uh, both questionable. So incredibly happy for Jakob Pertl. Played him for like three straight slates every single time. Massive foul trouble. Finally fade, 40 bombs for Jakob Pertl. So, woohoo! Good job, man. If Keldon and Trey Jones are both out, I think the starting lineup will be Richardson at the point, Branham at the two, uh, Bates Diop, and then probably one of Stanley or McDermott in the starting lineup with Pirtle. I think that would be the starting five. If that is the case, then there's a good amount to like here for the Spurs. If you think the game stays competitive, Jay Rich, Brian Hamill start in the backcourt. Both look good. Bates Diop been playing pretty big minutes. Um, Pirtle, if he can stay out of foul trouble, we've seen the ceiling from him recently. So there'd be a good amount to like here. Even some of the value plays like Stanley and McDermott, Collins will play the backup five. You could even make the argument for Blake Wesley who played 18 minutes. Like, there's just like everyone to be in play if Keldon and Trey Jones are out. If Keldon and Trey Jones are in, then the starting lineup will most likely be Trey Jones, Branham, Bates, Diop, Keldon, Pearl. 
And then like Keldon and Trey Jones would both be solid options if they do play. On the Chicago side, pretty easy. Vooch, DeRozan, Levine. You know what I'm going to say. All three in play for tournaments. No one stands out more than the rest. If you want to land on one of those guys, that's fine. Tough part for a single entry player like myself. Always tricky to figure out who it's going to be at a night-to-night basis. But they're all three in play. Pat Williams is probable. He feels priced right. Caruso's questionable. That's somewhat significant. If he's out, Io and Kobe White should see more minutes. You saw 30 minutes last game for Io. Um, Kobe White, 3.8K. He saw 21 minutes. So those two would benefit. Also, Drogic. Probably play a little bit more. And you did see Andre Drummond in the rotation last game with Caruso out. Um, no guarantee he would play again, but he's a good point-per-minute guy. So if you want to take a shot at him in a large field tournament, I don't think it's the worst idea. Sacramento and Houston. So again, Sacramento got absolutely destroyed by a shorthanded um, New Orleans team. But you have to have short-term memory. Um, I think these main kings look really good. They're going to run a tight rotation as long as they don't, oh yeah, lose by 40. <laughs> so Sabonis... Really good spot for him. Don't care what happened uh, tonight. Literally don't care at all. I played him. Just doesn't matter. I'm fine going right back to the wall in a great matchup. All the wings were bust for Sacramento last game. Don't ma- doesn't care. Uh, doesn't matter to me. Barnes, Herter, Murray, also solid options. Malik Monk. Uh, if if De'Aaron Fox, is he still out? Well, we got to see, obviously, if Fox is still out. If Fox is still out, then Davion Mitchell, Malik Monk benefit. Um, you know, you've seen Malik Monk have some good games off the bench. David Mitchell had actually a decent game tonight, of course, when no one played him. Stats aren't updated yet, but um, yeah, I mean, if there's no De'Aaron Fox, there's still a good amount to like here for Sacramento. Now, if Fox is in, then it's probably just Sabonis and Fox I would look to. Maybe the wings, but they would just be like secondary plays. On the Houston side, still no Kevin Porter Jr. Shingoon 8-6, got in massive foul trouble last game, only played 15 minutes. They have ticked down a bit of him uh, on him of late, though, 33 here in a competitive game, 33 here in a competitive game. So if he's going to go back to, like, low 30s minutes instead of the 36 or 38 where he was playing for a stretch, then he feels priced about right. Still viable, though, in GPPs. Jalen Green had a horrific game last game as well. Only played 22 minutes. I want to see news if there's any sort of limitation. We didn't get any sort of news on that last game. Um, but I like the ceiling on Jalen Green uh, at a sub-7K price point. It's just the floor is low. You're going to get Gordon and KJ Martin still in the starting lineup. They're both kind of neutral plays for me. Um, Deshaun Nick should continue to start. Probably play low to mid-20s minutes. Probably can find better value. Deshaun Tate will play like around 20 minutes off the bench. Be careful with my boy, Tari Eason. He had another good game last game, but most of that was in the blowout. So be very, very careful there. Also be careful, Josh Christopher. Another one where I think the fish might chase. Um, He had a really big game, but again, he played the whole fourth quarter in a blowout. You can't expect this game to turn into a random blowout again. So be careful with Tari Eason. Be careful with Josh Christopher. Dallas and Utah. So no Luka. Dinwiddie traded. Doran Finney-Smith traded. We don't know the status of Christian Wood. Um, He could be back, but Wood's been out for a few weeks. It is just a thumb, though. So I don't think he'd be at a limit if he plays. Um, But if Wood is out, my guess for the starting lineup would probably be Hardy. Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, Dwight Powell. That would be my guess for the starting lineup. If that is the case, then I like Hardy a good amount here at 3.4K. Decent point per minute guy, probably would play a ton. Hardaway would be one of the good, probably like the go-to guy offensively. Sure, he's a bit score independent, but he would have to do everything for them. Josh Green would look solid at 4.7. Uh, like it's never, ever fun re- rostering Reggie Bullock, but he would play a ton of minutes. Dwight Powell. If there's no Christian Wood, probably would see around 30 minutes. So there'd be a good amount to like here for Dallas. And you could even make the argument if you can, if you think they get blown out to maybe look like a, to look to like a McKinley Wright. Um, 
possibly AJ Long. Like, you can, if if there's no Wood, I mean, this team is really shorthanded. There's definitely blowout risk. Now, if Wood is in and there's no limit for Wood, then I think he looks really good because the offense is going to be Christian Wood tomorrow with no Luka and no Dinwiddie and no Dorian Finney-Smith. So definitely got to keep an eye on that. If he's out, there's even more value for Dallas. On the Utah side, pretty boring to talk about. Vanderbilt status up in the air, but not a big one. Markkinen, 9K, he's playable. Conley, Clarkson, both pretty safe. Bullshit, see low 30s minutes. Kessler, he's up, he's down. Minutes up and down, but the ceiling is there. He's playable in tournaments. If Vanderbilt's out, I think you can feel a little bit better about a 4.1K Kelly Olenek. He played 30 minutes last game. Malik Beasley might play a little bit more if there's no Vanderbilt. Colin Sexton could see a couple more minutes too. So kind of these secondary plays I think would benefit slightly if Vanderbilt is out. A couple games left. We got Oklahoma City. We got Golden State. I um, That was the one I forgot about last night. I am so incredibly happy for Shea. Absolute smash when I finally fade. But I buy into Shea. Really buy into Shea. Same exact spot. Season low minutes. 5% shooting. Same spot. 70 bomb when I fade. Woohoo! SGA for most improved player. Go Shea. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's an up-tempo game here, so like, I, I like the ceiling on Shea. I like the ceiling on Giddy. I wouldn't call either priorities, though. Um, Jalen Williams is playable in GPPs. He's been seen consistently around 30 minutes. The rest, I just have no idea what to do. Um, keep an eye on the starting lineup. I will say, if Kenrich Williams starts, he's a guy I would like. He only played 11 minutes last game, though. Um, but he would be probably the one secondary play where if he starts, I'd feel decent about him. But... Yeah, if it's not him and it's like two random starters, like the other Jalen Williams or like Joe or Wiggins or Muscala, like if, good luck. That, that is all I'm going to say. Can you play them? Yes. There is no guarantee of any sort of, uh, you know, big minutes for them. There's a pretty good chance that whoever starts gets benched in the second half. So just like be very, very careful with the Thunder. Golden State, no Steph Curry. Uh, there's a good amount to like here. I think Jordan Poole stands out as one of the best plays of the slate. He'll now be the starting point guard. He's reasonable price point. Uh, I like Poole a lot. I think Clay Thompson looks better. He's going to get more shots up. He looks good. Wiggins, I think, looks a little bit better. He has a, he had a horrific game last game, but he looks better. Draymond Green will probably uh, do a little bit more of the ball handling. Um, I think he looks like a very safe play. You're going to get Looney in the starting lineup at 4-7, most likely playing mid-20s minutes. That's fine with me. You can make the argument for DiVincenzo off the bench. You can make the argument for Kaminga, but I would say it's the main starters. that I like a good amount here for Golden State. And finally, Milwaukee and Portland. Giannis, price is up, but hard not to like him. He's been playing unbelievable. Can we talk about this, too? I take his over-assist this game, two assists. Does everything else, 50-bomb, 20 rebounds, two assists. I don't take his over-assist. Next game, 11 assists. 11. There's just no one that runs worse. There's just no one. But yeah, Giannis, like the matchup for him. I think he looks good at the top. Don't think there's anything else that stands out to me. 7-6 for Drew is a reasonable price point. Lopez will continue to play the five. We'll continue to play around 30 minutes. Middleton, minutes have still not been great. He's been capped at around 20. Now, he's been playing really well in those minutes, so he's playable. And one of these days, they're going to bump up his minutes. Jonathan, Allen, Ingles are all just fine secondary options. There's no standouts there. Finally, Portland. So, Dame Lillard is 10-6. I like the ceiling on Dame. He's playing like 40 minutes a game. So, he's firmly in play. Nurkic is out. Um, Simons, Grant, Hart, all fine options. Josh Hart, the cheapest. He's probably the easiest to get to. 
back-to-back really solid games, back-to-back games where he smashes the rebounds, but when I finally take his over rebounds, two rebounds. Two rebounds in 32 minutes. Every other game, 12 rebounds. Nine rebounds, 12 rebounds. I take his over rebounds, two. Two. Eubanks and Watford will split the center position. If we get another situation like last slate where everyone just jams Watford, I would much rather play Eubanks or fracture the ownership. 26 minutes for Eubanks last game, 22 for Watford. Um, Both are fair value plays. Comes down to ownership, though. Again, two slates ago, everyone played Eubanks. No one played Watford. That last slate, because Eubanks got in foul trouble two games ago, everyone played Watford and chased it. So this one, once again, comes down to ownership. If you get another situation like last slate where everyone just goes to Watford, then I would say he's fish food, and I would much rather play Eubanks for a fraction of the ownership. They're going to go with the hot hand with Eubanks and Watford. If a lot of the fields are just going to gravitate towards one of those guys, I'm just going to play the other, right? So, yeah. If, if Watford is chalk and gets there again for the people, I'll be very, very happy and not tilted whatsoever. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up this video, guys. Appreciate you for putting up the tilting as always. Just the Hernan Gomez thing, man. I just, you can't make that up. A 50 bomb. A 50 bomb. Wild. Keep an eye out for prize picks uh, videos, and uh, I'll see you all in the next one.